0: there, imagine this, you just spilled coffee on yourself in front of someone you really wanted to impress. Does your inner critic immediately jump in to dominate your inner monologue? Ugh, why did I just do that? Do you find yourself reliving the moment of embarrassment over and over? Do you feel regret or maybe easily getting into a shame spiral? Do you struggle with forgiving
1: yourself? Or maybe you avoid heavy emotions, only to have them bubble up later.
0: Like yelling at the cashier at the grocery store,
1: or maybe a little bit of road rage.
0: Yeah, and do you sometimes feel like you're the only person that feels this way? Are you nodding your head yes right now? Keep listening for a dose of relief. Guess what?
2: We all
1: feel this way from time to time. It's totally normal. On this podcast, we reveal the messy bits about ourselves without judgment. It's a space where we can
0: reflect, grow, and process our experiences. And maybe we can even laugh about our actions, attitudes, and behaviors, where we can speak about our past and learn from it.
1: So, are you longing for a life with less worry and more joy? Let's get started.
0: Hi there, welcome to another episode of Let's Relieve Regret. I'm your co host, Shadow Ball, here with my other co host, Victoria Mirabercia. And a guest. Yay! Uh, yay, a guest. Uh, Sanam's here with us. Um, she is a registered psychotherapist qualifying, and you can find her information on Instagram at Shifting Your State Therapy all one word. And we're so excited to have her here today. Uh, I was the one who met Sonam through a networking event. It was a really great event. We only got a couple minutes to chat, but I felt like an instant connection there. And uh, i so happy to have her here today. Um, Sonam, do you want to say hello to the listeners? <laughs> of course. So hi, everyone. My name is Sonam. I'm
2: a registered psychotherapist, uh, qualifying. Um, I used to be a French immersion teacher, so I did that for a bit. And I met, so I've made this career change. And I met Shadow at an online event. It was, it was great. And I like this. I got this opportunity from that
0: event. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we're here. So uh, the first thing we start with in every episode of Let's Forgive Regret is a check in. And so we'll do, make this one easy. Uh, we'll start with Victoria. Victoria, how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10? Well, I just went for my walk, seven and a half. Oh, that's great. Seven half,
1: yeah, seven and a half out of 10. I went for my walk, it's beautiful, it's sunny, out, but I feel a little wobbly today physically. So mentally mm. I feel good, but I'm feeling a bit wobbly today physically. So I'm gonna give myself
0: a seven and a half out of 10. What about
1: you, Shadow? What's yours? What's yours?
0: Mm. I think I'm opposite. I think I physically feel fine. I'm just a little bit uh, stretched all over the place right now. Um, but that's okay. I do like being busy. I, I hate being bored. So it's nice. So I think on a scale of one to 10. I don't know, like, like 7.25. <laughs> I mean, we don't usually go that granular, but I don't want to say like I'm a full 7.5 either. Um, anyway, and yourself <laughs> Myself. Yeah. Uh I would say I'm an eight today.
2: Oh nice. Yeah, solid eight. I feel like this week I've been doing things that are like getting me into a good routine. Cool. And just managing my energy better, which is so important to be able oh, to absolutely. do the work I do.
1: Yeah. Do you find it harder to manage your energy in the transition, like in the, like transitioning into winter, like fall, we all live in Ontario. So this time of year, do you find it harder to kind of manage your energy? I've been doing a lot of talking with clients about that in the past month or so.
2: Yes. Like to such a deep degree, because again, like seasonal depression affects a lot of people. It's a real Mm -hmm. thing. I have it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And especially those who have, more melanin in their skin it affects them harsher so this season the transition I've been doing a lot of things like instead of fighting the end of summer like letting like adapting my habits so that they you know they go with fall and that's like another whole thing on its on its own but even eating even eating seasonally you know researching about traditional Chinese medicine so so many things that i would actually recommend for anybody who's struggling to do a little bit of their own research in that field and it could be really helpful um mm-hmm. honestly this this season this year and like as i started doing this i feel
0: so much better that's really yeah. cool is there any like specific keywords we should be researching uh to find this information there's somebody on instagram that i follow. Uh, her name's Lily something
2: I'm gonna have to check <laughs> but she's she like uh, studies traditional Chinese medicine and she talks about the seasonal change and our sleep patterns our eating patterns even um, you know activity levels like when you should be when you should be eating and then of course like if you were to google seasonal
0: changes tra- traditional Chinese medicine
2: like that could probably give you a bunch of results and then you can go
0: from there nice that's super yeah. helpful yeah victoria do you have a cause for applause this week sure do i dyed my hair purple Ooh. it does look it. very bright like i noticed as soon as we signed in actually
1: <laughs> yeah so it's been like i have to bleach it to dye it so it's mm-hmm. been blonde since the summer because i let the purple wash out but i feel much better with my purple hair purple is my power color i feel better with my purple hair so um, i feel more myself i guess when i have some purple in my hair so that's awesome that's part of my process getting (laughs) ready for winter because i have pretty bad sad i've been diagnosed with it and part of my process is just yeah purple hair makes me feel happy so i do that in the winter i let it wash out in the summer but that's part of my
0: process getting ready for the winter time too (laughs) what's your cause for applause i went to a clothing swap this weekend i'm so happy that those are back And I'm actually like wearing a shirt right now that I got at the swap and I really like it. And uh, yeah, it's just so nice to be able to support the economy that way without like, like I had some stuff to get rid of anyway, and I was just going to donate them or maybe throw them away. Um, But when I saw this thing about the swap, I brought my items and I was able to get new items with uh, that I actually do like. So that's my cause for applause. I went to another swap and I really liked it. Fun. Yeah. Uh Sunam, would you like to offer a cause for applause today? I have allowed
2: myself to enjoy like fall this year. And Ooh. I think that it was so it's so nice. So I'm really happy with that. Like enjoy like seeing the colors transition, it's it's so beautiful. So it really yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a like that hits my heart deep. Like just to like yeah. just the idea of allowing instead of resisting like it just is so beautiful would
1: you say you're like exploring wonder and awe a bit more is that how you're enjoying fall a bit more just like letting yourself have more moments to breathe and peace or sorry i always go deep so i'm just
2: it's okay (laughs) it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um...
1: what does that mean what does that mean enjoying fall more what does that mean for you
2: you know what yeah no that's a good question actually it's like it's like oh basically how Shadow said, instead of resisting, right? It's like I had a period, we had a period where you're like watching the colors change and it reminds you that the were the world works in cycles. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. yeah, like you have to let go of things in order for the cycle to continue. And next, you know, in the spring, you'll see the green come back. And yeah, like it just reminds you that everything's cyclical. So that's like something that I'm like, huh, like this is a sign. Gives mm-hmm. you hope,
1: right? Remind, exactly. hope is a powerful thing. Wonder and awe yes. is a powerful thing and connecting to nature is a very powerful thing. Yeah. So interesting. I think we're going to have a good conversation because that's kind of how my fall has been like, too. I've been like, I'm taking more time to notice it. So Mm -hmm. this is great.
0: (laughs) Absolutely is. I'm even I'm looking at your Instagram right now. Again, uh, it's shifting your state therapy on Instagram and your one of your recent reels has the fall colors. Anyway, we are going to get into our sharing. (laughs) I don't have much of a preamble. but (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay here we go i have
1: something i want to let go of in order to move forward i'm not sure if i would call this a habit a bad habit or i would call it a i'm not really sure we'll we'll name it something but i regret buying so many clothes and having so many clothes in my wardrobe so here's the thing my husband is really into going minimalistic i think we've talked about this on the podcast before I'm eighth generation Canadian. I have a ton of family heirlooms. My husband came immigrated to Canada from Romania when he was 13 with nothing. So we kind of have two totally different takes on stuff. <laughs> right. Like family heirlooms are important to me stuff. Right. So we've come to an agreement about the family heirlooms. Like I have China. That was my great, great aunts. Right. We've come to an agreement about that. And my husband has five t-shirts, five pairs of pants, two sweatshirts, seven pairs of underwear, maybe, maybe more. Sorry. I'm totally outing my husband right now, but the closet's kind of the last thing for me to try and find that minimalist behavior. And I only took out half of my summer clothes this year. And I didn't even forget the other, or remember the other half that I didn't take out this year. And so I realized I don't need as many summer clothes as I have, for example. So now we're transitioning into winter clothes and I'm putting those summer clothes away. Yeah. My regret is "Ah, I got to stop buying clothes. And so I'm so easily manipulated. Okay. Like, you know, like the old Navy thing comes up on your Facebook feed or whatever. Like I'm like, oh, those pants are cool. Right. I know this, like I'm so easily manipulated, but, um, I'm trying my best to go minimal with my clothing while at the same time still having fun with my clothing. Because sometimes going minimal means I only wear black, white, gray, and brown or that kind of thing, right? And and I like color, so figuring out how to do that. And the reason that I've kind of set this as a goal and I need to let go of the idea that clothes even mean anything, I was running for the past month in my Facebook group and some listeners were attending, a four-week program called the September Reset, where each week we talked about how to transition into the fall. So ironic that uh, that was like we've already had this conversation already. So I was talking about how to transition into fall, and one of my one of the workshops that I ran was fall cleaning or fall clearing. And within that workshop, I did some research on clothes, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out some stats here. The average woman says 21% of her closets unwearable. of her clothes she's never worn. 33% of women say they have clothes that are too tight in their closet. 24% of women say they have clothes that are too loose in their closet. 44% can't find an item in their closet at least once a month. 25% of people think their closet is unorganized. And 10% are depressed each time they open their closet doors. So I was thinking about that and I was like I pretty much fit into every single category there. <laughs> like every single one. My regret or the thing that I would like to let like go over, the habit I would like to develop moving forward is being a bit more minimal with buying clothes and more minimal with my closet and being more organized in my closet. The consequence of holding on to all of those clothes and all of those things, things that are too big, things that are too small is all of those stats that i just said and the most important one to me is that 10 percent of people feel depressed when they open their closet so i've done everything i could in the moment with the tools that i've had at the time when i've been overbuying clothes or keeping clothes instead of giving them away and that's
0: okay that's what i was then but i'm growing now thank you so much for sharing um, do you want feedback on this uh, reveal? Or did you just want to be heard today? I love feedback, especially when we have a guest. I love. Excellent. Feedback. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to start with one question, <laughs> uh, which is, can your husband come help me pack? I know it's like the wardrobe you described like I've seen that like literal like that description like five t-shirts five this six this stuff like I've seen that as like oh are you going away on vacation these are the only things you need for vacation and I'm always like how how do you like only take that much stuff on like a vacation and like he's living that as his daily life that's amazing
1: (laughs) yeah it's really impressive actually and I I'd, I'd like to too, and uh, mm. I was away last weekend in Boston, and it was the first time that I've traveled with just a carry-on. I did it.
0: Whoa.
1: I don't know. It's, it's tough, right? You have emotional connections to clothes too. Or mm-hmm. you think like, oh, I want to fit into that dress again one day. And then I still have that dress 10 years later and I still haven't fit back
0: into it. I don't need the dress that I had when I was in my twenties. I'm in my forties. I don't need Right. <laughs> I also think about the potential of clothes. Like sometimes even if something like one of those things where it was like 21%, say, or like 24 percent of the clothes were unwearable, like I always pick up things. And even if there's a rip, I'm like, oh, I'm going to patch this. I've never patched anything in my life. I don't have a sewing machine. I'm not going to bring it to an alterer. So I don't know. But I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, but I, if I just did this, then I could wear it. But I'm never going to do that thing. So why don't I just get rid of it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll pass it over uh, for feedback. Yeah, like firstly, I'm super curious, Victoria, how
2: you're like, what mindset your husband has adopted that allows him to... <laughs> continue to like have that minimalistic wardrobe but also I understand it because I think I would I would self in his shoes I would think like basically what can I do with that time otherwise that mm-hmm. I'm focusing on picking out clothes and like making this process so much more complicated than it needs to be so I think for you like this will probably free up more hopefully we'll free up more time for you to do other things that you much rather be doing okay
1: I'll, I'll address I'll address a couple of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean both of our husbands are used to us just talking about them on this podcast now so
0: <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my husband came here with nothing like just a backpack mm-hmm. and he was old enough like he was 13 when he came so he knew right. to build life and he he learned at a very young age that things aren't important That family is important, that connection is important, that community is important, that you can survive with with very little and and that you can then thrive. Then you can learn how to thrive from that. And, And that's one of the greatest lessons that he teaches me every day. But that's not his only reason for wanting to live with less clothes and less things. And I agree with this is the less cluttered your space is, the less cluttered your mind is. And the less decisions you have to make daily, the less cluttered your mind is, right? You don't get into decision fatigue, right? We make something like 30,000 decisions a day, right? Am I, am I going to brush my teeth with my left hand or my right (laughs) hand? Am I going to have peppermint tea this morning or caffeinated tea? Like we make a ton of decisions every day So the least amount of decisions we can make, or if we make it easier on ourselves, we have a clearer mind and I'm a person that's living with anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, and um, has lived through a total burnout. And so that after my burnout, it's kind of when my husband was like, we're going to go minimal, we're going to downsize, we're going to go minimal, we're going to make our lives easier. And the clothing is just one of the things it's like the last one to go. I was really good with my sock drawer. At one point, (laughs) I... I clean out, I had an entire drawer in a dresser that was socks. Like I love fun socks. Right. But mm-hmm. I had like a hundred pairs of socks at one point. I was like, okay, okay. I'm going to keep the wonder woman socks, but do I need to keep the banana socks? All right. Like, right. <laughs> right. Like really good with that. But yeah, it's, there's a resistance there, I guess. And I don't know if it has to do with body image. I don't know if it has to do with fun and I don't want to be a boring person or I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's a resistance. There's a resistance mm-hmm. with the closet there, but his goal and my goal is to make life light and free,
0: right? Make our lives nice. lighter, lighter and freer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. I guess it also makes like laundry a lot easier, because <laughs> like it can't really pile up if you know you have literally nothing else to wear. <laughs> so yeah, well then you, well then
1: so my mind goes, well I have nothing to wear. I need to get some underwear.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah.
1: Need to find something. Right. There was a challenge. I don't know if you remember. There's a challenge like five or six years ago, and it was like they actually listed out everything you would need. It was like five, five t shirts, blah, blah, blah. It's like, can you- I think it was like the 30 challenge, like 30 things or less in your wardrobe? It included mm. like jewelry, underwear. Wow. I can't remember if the number was 30 or 50. Hmm. My resistance was I could do that, but not with athletic clothes. Right. So I could probably do it but I would have to take jewelry out because I have family heirlooms that are jewelry. I'd have to take jewelry out and I would have to take athletic clothes out because I work out a lot. I also teach fitness classes online as part of the my recreo mm-hmm. um platform Woo. and membership and uh shoes because I have like 3 or 4 different pairs of running shoes, right? So I'm like then I'm like oh I'm just resisting this whole process.
0: No, it is a whole process. And also like if you've ever gone through times of scarcity, I think you also, at least for me, you also want to hold on to stuff. Cause like, what if you can't afford to buy another pair of pants next winter, but at least you have those other pair in storage, you know?
1: Yeah, that's totally like a debate that that I have is I'd rather keep something that's a staple and like fix it or Mm -hmm. repair it or fix the hole or whatever. And my husband's like, I'm going to throw out this white t-shirt and get another one. Right. And I'm, I, I like debate about the wastefulness of it sometimes too. Mm -hmm. So there's like less waste in minimalism, but there's also is, can be some waste in minimalism where I'm like, I'm like, if I, again, I know this is part of the problem. It's like, if I throw out this black sweater, what if I need a black sweater later Mm -hmm. or not throw it out, but give it away. Do you know what I mean? Right. And don't you ever do this? Don't you ever think, oh, why did I give that away? I remember that sweater I had 10 years ago. Why did I give that sweater away? <laughs> right.
0: That was an awesome sweater. Right. I find when I'm looking at old photos, I'll be like, where did that shirt go? Like, I'm like, I wore that shirt every day for a year. Like, and cause I'll see all these pictures and I'll be like, oh, okay. And yeah, I'll just, I have no idea. I have no idea where that shirt went. <laughs> it's kind of like my dirty little secret, but right. yeah,
1: I know it's something that I need to do. I know that it's like one of the one of the last steps or one of the steps in terms of just like living light and free and clear is living with less clothes and and it is harder I think it is harder in colder climates I'm again I
2: know I'm just pulling pulling excuses here (laughs) yeah no I'm just thinking like it's you know what it is it's like there's always like your brain is always telling you reasons why you need the things you do and they're like honestly like your brain's telling you it's fighting it right yeah it's resisting it yeah yeah it's resisting it and it's like at the end of the day like you have to like basically tell your brain like who's boss like mm. so Ooh, so like it's that. like yeah I just think like you know it's like okay wait no who's making this decisions here am I on autopilot or am I gonna start making decisions that are best for me like and closer to the goal like your goal is right to established and have like a minimalistic closet so it's like what can get you closer to your goal yeah Mm -hmm. because your brain's gonna your brain's gonna resist
0: it
1: yeah like my my excuse is i don't want to be wasteful but if i'm donating clothes not wasteful like my husband maybe like once a year because he just buys like five t-shirts two sweatshirts five pairs of pants right Mm -hmm. he's like i'm getting rid of the t-shirts i'm gonna go five buy five new t-shirts Right. Like when they get old and scruffy, he gives them away, or we whatever. But it's like, okay, time to buy five new t-shirts. And he's like, and it's like a refresh for him. And it's like a mental exercise mm-hmm. for him, too, in terms yeah. of I get to buy five new t-shirts, but it's just five new t-shirts. Right. Yeah. Right. He has way less than I do. But yeah, <laughs> this this is in real time, listeners. Real time, my brain resisting. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> in real so time. Good.
1: Right? Nobody's perfect. And my brain was res- my brain resistant too, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. Um got really good in the
2: kitchen. Like we have six plates, six big plates, six small plates, nice. six cups. That's it. I said I think I'd I'd like ask you to look at like where you've done it and now look back at how easy and like how successful you feel having done it. So like the kitchen, it's like you did it there, right? So what makes you think that doing it in your closet is like so different right yeah
1: Yeah. exactly right I mean so like we think our clothes have to do with our body image and often it can be easier to let go of clothes than we think it is
2: Mm -hmm. of course
1: and finding things that you look good in with what your body is now keeps you in the present moment with your body and keeps you presently aware with your body too I don't need to everybody's heard me say this tons of times. Like when you think about the past, that's like regret or guilt or shame. When you think about the future, that's like anxiety. So how can I stay present with what my body is right now and be okay with what my body is right now? So mm-hmm. Holding on to those clothes, that's regret, shame, or guilt from the past. But holding mm-hmm. on those clothes can also give us the anxiety about the future because I'm thinking, I want to fit into that in the future and I used to fit into it in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this like recipe of all of it regret guilt shame and anxiety at the same time that you can feel around your clothes so how do you keep yourself in the moment and aware of your body right
0: now something you just said reminded me of this idea that we want to treat ourselves after a big goal is accomplished, right. So sometimes the treat is like, Oh, I'll I'll wear my favorite pants that made me feel so sexy when I was in my 20s. But really, by the time like, let's say you do accomplish that goal. Are you going to want to wear those pants? Or are they going to be outdated? Are you going to want to buy new pants that celebrate your goal? You know, so like, that's always been like, I think a way to stay present too, is that like, in the future, if your body changes, either way like you're going to want to buy new clothes for that new body you're not going to want to go back to your old clothes at least you hope so
1: (laughs) right like this is this is what my body is right now right i Mm -hmm. i went through a surgery a year and a half ago my body's different i'm getting stronger again it's not Mm going to be what it was before i had full open abdominal surgery right absolutely like how do i stay in the moment now and aging right when you something Mm -hmm. happens when you hit 30 something happens when you've hit 40 (laughs) something happens when you hit 50 right just this is the strongest me i can be right now this is what my body is right now and how do i stay in that moment with that body and connect it to my like emotional mental and spiritual health as well amazing so so clothes mean a lot right but they also Mm -hmm. maybe shouldn't mean that much
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna i was
2: gonna say it's almost like the meaning we give them
0: right true I, mean, I think there's also it's it's a two way street because I think some clothes also give us that boost we need to show up in a certain way. Like you know what I mean like there's certain aspects of our lives where like, we need that power suit we need that cute sexy thing we like I don't know anyway, we could go on about this for a long time I think but I think I'm going to uh, close the feedback then. Um, so now we're going to move on to your share. And I, I'm absolutely going to apologize because I'm once again, going to ask you to pronounce your name because I Thank feel you. like I've been messing it up. <laughs> yeah. So Stoneham Stonem
2: yeah Sonam. there you
0: go Sonam. okay yeah thank you very much i know i've Five been messing percent. it up uh as someone with a name like shadow uh <laughs> people tend to remember it really easily um but then i forget that right so Sonam. yeah Sonum. okay wonderful thank you so much uh for your patience with us take it away <laughs> okay awesome so- an experience that I need to
2: let go in order to move forward. So I'd like to let go of doubting the impact I have on others. And that's especially true um, just in the work that I do and how I present myself. I think that as you grow into the person you need to be for the world and like you show up as authentic as possible, and that keeps changing, um, you don't know. Like what your little, you know, in your head, little action has, how much it affects others. Um, And so, yeah, I'd really like to let go, like doubting that. Sometimes I think about, should I make this post? Should I even like say this to a client? Should I share
0: this? And yeah, that's what I'd like to let go of in order to move forward. Do you want feedback about this share or did you just want to be heard today? I'm open to feedback wonderful Um, okay I have a couple of curious
2: questions go for it would you call it imposter syndrome you know what I've been careful to like put everything under the umbrella of imposter syndrome so I would say it probably has like it has aspects of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. but I think it's not entirely imposter syndrome
1: yeah uh so self self self-doubt Little, yeah. bit of imposter, little bit of imposter syndrome, little, little bit of self-doubt. I love that you said you don't know what, how your actions affect others. I used to work with kids and that was one of the things. And then I used to train a lot of staff that worked with kids. And that was one of the things I always said is if you're a camp counselor, if you're a teacher, what you, which you used to be a teacher, right. You literally have yep. no idea. Think of you can, can you remember like your grade two teacher? Because I can. Right. So I love that you yeah. said, I don't, you don't know the effect you have because it, you can have really positive effects on people, or you can also have really negative effects on people. And you don't even know that you did. Mm-hmm. And that just comes with self-awareness and knowledge of yourself, but which, which could be a total, a whole other conversation. Maybe we can come back to it, but I think that's really powerful that you said this, said that. So I have a curious question about you saying, should I say this to a client? Mm-hmm. So You are psychotherapist, is that right? Or (laughs) no, I'm already practicing. You're already practicing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there like a scope of practice that makes you nervous that makes you second guess what you're saying to clients?
2: So it's not, in actually, it's not the scope of practice. It's the aspect of self-disclosure. So I feel like in school we're taught like, uh, to be very weary. Like we're we're told to be very careful about self-disclosure. Um, and, and I feel like if you do it in the correct manner, it can, it allows you to connect so much more deeply with your clients because they see you, because the way I want to do my work is not from an, I'm like a professional or I'm an expert versus the client, you know, being there being a power imbalance. Mm. Yeah. I, um, and so for me, like when it comes to that second that thought that I'm having, it's usually from like things that I've been told, where, you know, like, yeah, don't self disclose too much, or this and that. Mm -hmm. And it's always, you're always told things in fear of. Yeah. And it's like, why am I? Why am I always being told things in fear of? Like, what? Why am I living in this? Like, who told me that? Like, Mm -hmm. this fear based world. Um, And I think when you start questioning, like the systems around you, and like, who invented these systems, and who they've, they've worked for, then you're kind of like, uh, mm, yeah, maybe not. Let me do this my way.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what? There's a, there's a confidence in like, it's, it's so funny because as you are saying it, I was thinking, okay, this is, I've had a similar process. I think there's probably some similarities between us. So this is the reason why I chose to be a wellness coach, a life coach, a personal trainer, all those sorts of things. I was a caseworker for a really long time. And, um, this idea of scope of practice, right. Which is what you're saying. You're kind of taught, like, you can't say this. Yeah. Yeah. And have you watched the Stutz documentary on on Netflix, right. Where he's like, I'm in school and they're saying you have to build a wall. And, and then there's this theory that everybody already knows the answers within themselves, which is highly taught, right. To like Mm -hmm. during his time to like psych in the school of psychiatry. And he's kind of saying, We don't have the answers inside ourselves. That's why we're asking for advice and help, right? And when I was watching that documentary, I'm going, yes, yes, right? And that's why I chose to be like a wellness coach and a life coach because the scope of practice is different, right? And in some ways, and I want to connect to people, which is what you're saying too. I think that we heal when we feel connected. We heal when we feel safe. We heal... We, as a healer also heal when we're helping somebody else heal. Right. Yeah. And we heal when we connect and as human beings, we are primed for connection and we want people to, to talk to us. So it's really a practice in trusting your gut. And I guess like, maybe my feedback is, is the more you do it and the more you do it, which has been my experience as well is, Trust your gut, right? Like, trust the yeah. instincts, trust your gut. When you hear that little tiny voice inside your head, yes, I should. No, I shouldn't. Yes, I should. No, I shouldn't, right? Like, there's more than one voice inside our head. Totally normal. There's more than one voice inside our head. But yeah. like, when you hear that voice, just take a moment and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Right. Because I don't know. I really believe that this is part of the reason why I do the podcast, right? Like, literally two weeks ago, I gave a workshop on fall clearing and clearing out your pantry and your bathroom and your closet. And now I'm saying, Hey, guess what? I gave that workshop, but I haven't cleaned out my closet (laughs) yet. (laughs) Right. And I think it just makes you more relatable and it makes people feel safe. And I think biologically, it makes us feel more safe too, or physiologically, I guess, brain wise, it makes us feel more safe too. And then I also get what you're saying about the, should I post this? on Instagram. Like, where's the wall? Where's the wall of safety shadow? You probably have stuff to say about that too, right? Like where's the wall of what do I post and how much do I share and (laughs) how do I be vulnerable and how do I also still protect myself? Right.
0: Yeah. I'm in a slightly different situation because I don't provide any kind of beautiful work that you two do. Um, (laughs) So I don't have to have that same fear Well, not fear, but I don't have the same, um, like guard posts I guess about like well I could get in trouble if I said this or whatever because I report to me I'm self-employed right like this is part of why I left my corporate job was that I can post whatever I want um but I do find the same thing of like oh well if I post this are people gonna think I'm silly or if I post this are people gonna think I'm not silly enough for things like that so yeah I think that is absolutely like just part of anything worth doing is that you're going to doubt yourself sometimes because if there wasn't that little bit of fear it probably isn't worth it it probably isn't something that is going to relate to others so that fear is what makes you grow but that fear is also if you have the fear other people probably have the exact same fear yeah or, or like or like if if like Sometimes when I'm posting stuff that's just like really cute, like, come on, a picture of Gertie's going to get tons of likes. Gertie's the cutest dog in the entire universe. (laughs) Um, So like that doesn't that doesn't feel scary. But like to actually post something about how I'm feeling or how I'm doing or please listen to the podcast like that does feel a little bit scarier. Um, But like anything, the more I do it, the easier it gets. So, yeah. Can I ask another curious question?
1: First of all, shadow, I think what you do do is intimate. I'm just going to put that out there. Thank you. (laughs) Shadow like hates receiving. So I'm going to make her receive for a second. You are a VA for neurodivergent business owners, right? Like you need to form a relationship with the people that you're doing the, the, like Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: management for and stuff. Right. So like, it's, it is similar in the way that you're building a relationship and you're building trust. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you do is important. I'm just going to say that. Thank you. But (laughs) you're welcome. So Sonam, uh, limiting beliefs, do you have a practice? Cause I can tell you what I do, but do you have a practice to kind of figure out or define what your limiting beliefs are? What's your thoughts on limiting beliefs? Do you like calling them limiting beliefs? Or would you rather <laughs> just call them belief systems? I'm just going to pick your brain here for
2: a second. Okay. So okay. limiting beliefs. I do use the term. I mean, I like, I've been exposed to the term limiting, limiting beliefs. So now I just you think of limiting beliefs as fears. So I it worked mm-hmm. for me to to think of them better as fears, and it's easier to action them for me when I think them think of them as fears. So if I think of a fear, I think to myself like, what is this fear preventing me from doing? Because it's preventing me from living on the other side. And then I ask myself, do I deserve what's on the other side? Do I like? Can I give myself that? And then I'm like, of course I can. Like, what do I want from this thing? And then that helps me work through the fears, the limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call them.
1: Well, I love that because I've kind of been exploring. Thank you. Of course. I think the term limiting beliefs been used too much. Just like, I think the term manifesting has been used too much. And I've been exploring a lot of toxic positivity in this idea of like manifesting your dreams and making a vision board and pushing away or limiting beliefs or discovering what they are and letting them go. Right. And so I'm like, there has to be another term because all of that's kind Mm -hmm. of bundled in the same thing for me, where I think it's just covering and it's not actually healing. It's just Mm -hmm. pushing things down and covering. And there's a lot of that going on in like the life coaching industry and the mentoring industry and that sort of thing right now. I talk about it a lot on this podcast, so I won't talk too much about it, but you get me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I do. So yeah. Fears. I like that. Like fears maybe it's your programming. It comes from yeah. somewhere. It doesn't mean that it can't be deprogrammed or released, but yeah. Yeah. Fears fears is a good way of putting it. And and am I making a fear-based decision or am I making, yeah. am I making a decision from a place of strength? And it's funny cause then not, it's not funny, but it's interesting in my life. I've, I've learned how to say this and people don't know how to react to it, but I have to be a disruptor, right? I have, I have to like live the life the way that I want it the way that I teach others to do it too. And I had this situation um, this summer where um, someone was asking me to make a commitment to being in a program, like a rowing program. And I said, you know, I just need like some time and space to figure out if this is the right decision for me. And I want to make sure that I'm making this decision from a place of strength and not from a place of feeling obligated to others or a place of weakness. And people just didn't know how to react when I said that. Because in the past, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, I'm actually just going to take some time for myself to figure out if this is right for me. And people really didn't know how to react to that. To, to me saying, now maybe the language I used was too much therapy talk or something. I don't know. But for <laughs> yeah. me saying like, I'm just going to take a week in my cottage and I need some time and space to process. And I just want to figure out if it's right for me. And I'm a slow decision maker and I don't have an answer for you right now. I'm proud of myself for doing that, but people don't know how to respond when you do that either. Right. Like to, to, or maybe people do in your life too, to say, you know, I'm just going to process this. Or maybe it's not even about saying it to people. It's like, I'm questioning whether I should make this Instagram post or whatever. I'm going to take 10 minutes and think about it. And then am I coming from a place of strength or am I coming from a place of weakness or Mm -hmm. from a place of fear? Maybe. So I like using that. I like, I love that. Like using the word fear instead of limiting belief, because limiting beliefs almost sound like it's something we can't get rid of.
2: Yeah. In I some can ways. see that. Yeah. You know, what? I, I haven't really resonated with the term limiting beliefs, like nor do I use it often, but I see that others like, you know, how you said in the wellness industry. Yeah. Um. However, like just in general. You could also say if somebody, you know, in that situation that you mentioned about somebody asking you to do something, even asking the person, if you feel like the other example you gave was too much like therapy talk or whatever, like, <laughs> can I just take, you know, 10 minutes or like, can I give you, can I give you an answer in two days? Um, yeah. And I think that one even, basically, you're just slowing it down for yourself. Yeah. And you're, you're asking for things to be slowed down or to be done at your pace. Yeah. And maybe once upon a time, you were at a pace where you were like, yeah, 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 for sure. I can do it. And it no longer works for you anymore. Yeah, for sure. That could work, too, if it's, you know, if the therapy talks Mm -hmm. too much. Yeah, get rid of that. Uh,
1: I'm (laughs) taking time to process, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, you even asked for a bit of time when I asked you to be a guest. And when you did say yes, I was actually like, still really excited. And I also actually felt even more, I don't know, for me, it felt, it it felt even better than just an instant yes. Because like, I know you had taken your time to really think about it. And also, like, I knew you were going to show up today. Because that's a big thing that happens in podcast communities is people book guests, and then the, the guest doesn't show up, or even sometimes the host doesn't show up. That's happened to me. And that's awful. Yeah. Um. So, but like, because you took your time, I knew it meant a lot to you and that made me feel really comfortable. Um, so I think, again, talking about your impact on others, here's another oh, small micro <laughs> example where like you led by yeah. example by saying, I just need a couple days to think about this or can I get back to you next week? And uh, it, it had a very positive impact on uh, my excitement level for today, so.
2: <laughs> thank you for
1: sharing that, yeah. <laughs> I think it shows like being intentional and thoughtful too, which is almost kind of in the theme of today a little bit too is, or back to like the very beginning when you shared your, your story, your regret is, do I put up this wall or do I form a connection with this client? And people can read if you're intentional and authentic, if you're intentional and authentic with yourself, and then you form greater bonds and and greater relationships and greater trust and greater places of safety and greater spaces for people to breathe, for yourself to breathe and for other people to breathe too. And when I find my mind ruminating into that place of, should I do this? What's the, what's the worst thing that can happen? You play, what's the best thing that can happen? Mm game, yeah. right? Instead of what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, what's the best thing that can happen if I do take this risk? And what are the odds that that's going to happen versus the worst thing's going to happen? Probably the, the best thing or somewhere slightly in the middle is what's going to end up happening, not the worst thing that's going to happen. So make the post and make the connection because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's all connected.
2: Yeah. You yeah. also have to, right. And I, I, I'm going to like assume you've worked on this, right? Because you were yeah. talking about just your like journey. I think once you start like wiring your brain to think about those options, they'll they'll become easier. But I know a lot of times, like even in the past for me, like my brain didn't ever think about the best case scenario. It never did. Yeah. And that's just how it was like it had been wired based on like who I am and like how I grew up. So yeah. um it's work that you do on yourself to to also remind yourself like, no, this things can be better, but it's just work. And then it's easy. And once you do it, it's like, it's wonderful. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Right. Like
1: it's um, consistent, persistent repetition, repetition. That's how we train our brain. So we have to be intentional with it. We have to be consistent, persistent, repetitive about it. Mm -hmm. We have to use words. You just use some of the wonder words. Have you ever heard of the wonder words? No. So it's a list. I think there's 10 of them and they, are words that have been studied by psychologists and neuroscientists for people that's in the English language. I'm sure there's wonder words in many languages that actually motivate the brain. Mm. One of them is easily and naturally. So if you're sitting on your couch and you're saying, Oh, I don't want to get up and I don't want to load the dishwasher before I go to bed. I don't want to do it. And, but then you say to yourself, I can easily get up and load the dishwasher and then go to bed. You automatically feel like, yeah, I can do that. Right. So, using those wonder words consistently, persistently, repetitively can also retrain your brain and retrain your brain around doubt. So, when you're having a thought about doubt, should I do this or should I not? I could easily do this if it's about actually taking the action. Uh, some of the other wonder words are, you can probably guess what some of them are, but abundance, mm-hmm. realize. Okay visualize so realize could be a good one too should I do this Mm -hmm. if I do this I could I could realize this goal right right yeah realize before and after as long as it you're showing that the after is better using the word because can be a wonder word but only if what comes after because isn't an excuse right so I can easily do this because I'm capable yeah I can easily do this because I trust myself or I could easily make this post and I can handle whatever happens after it because I can do hard things because, because I have all the skills and knowledge and I'm good. Right. So just like in how we talk to ourselves too, but you already, you've, I've heard you use easily today. So easily, naturally, because, abundant, visualize, realize. Now those are all wonder words and they're, they're super powerful in how we, in how we talk to ourselves, and they for sure help with things like
0: self-doubt.
2: Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you.
0: That's great. I think that's something we might have to do a mini episode on in the future. Um, so also Sanam, uh, we want to make sure you have a chance to you know, promote anything that you want uh, people to check out. I know we've talked about your Instagram page, um, but if there's anything else, we'd love to hear about that now. Um,
2: Yeah, so I do have an Instagram page. It's called Shifting Your State Therapy. Uh, A website is in the works. And um, on my Instagram page, you can find my link to my Jane app, where, like, I'm sure most of you have used Jane, where you can book uh, any appointment. And yeah, like you could read my bio if it resonates with you. This is work that I love doing that I will, you know, continue to do on a larger scale. So yeah, if anybody's interested, that's where they can find me. And that's where they can reach me.
0: Nice. And I see here that you can book a free discovery call with you that way as well.
2: Exactly. So if this is something you're trying to figure out, you can like at no cost, it, you know, book a consult and talk. And then we can discuss what it looks like to work together.
0: Amazing. Great. Um, Thank you. Again, thank you for being here today. Uh, The last part of the Let's Relieve Regret podcast. In every episode, we do three breaths of letting go, uh, led by Victoria. So, Victoria, take it away. All right, everybody
1: listening out there in the wide world and those of us here. Come on to the front edge of your seat. Put your feet flat on the floor. Just so you can ground yourself. Again, like we talked about today, this is a way that you can just take a moment to process. If you do need to make a decision, these three breaths could actually be very helpful in that as well. So just feel your feet on the floor. As long as you're in a safe position to do so, if you're driving, keep driving. (laughs) Feel your feet on the floor. I want you to shrug your shoulders up and down. And if you want to close your eyes, you can, and just shrug those shoulders up and down and say to yourself, release, 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 taking a big breath. (sighs) Acknowledging that the only thing you need to survive in this moment right now is your breath. Taking another big breath. Saying to yourself, I have everything I need in this moment right now, because I have my breath. Just take a moment to acknowledge your breathing, whatever rate or speed it's at, whether it's deep or shallow, that's fine. Taking another deep breath in. And a big exhale out. (sighs) Ah. saying to yourself, I've done everything that I can do today and I accept who I am in this moment right now. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you so much Sonam for joining us. We're so happy to have you. What a great conversation and we will see you, hear you, be with you next time listeners uh, on the Let's Relieve Regret podcast. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. This episode of Let's Relieve Regret was produced by Shadow Ball and Victoria muir We are an independent podcast supported by you, our listeners.
1: You can become a supporter by donating three, five, or even $8 per month At www.letsrelieveregretpodcast.buzzsprout.com
0: and click on the support button. You can find the link in the show notes. Our goal is to empower as many women as possible to overcome the shame and guilt that accompanies regret. If this podcast helped you have an
1: aha moment, help us spread the word. It's free for you and it means the world to
0: us. Please follow us on Instagram at relieve.regret. Tell two friends or leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.
1: Find all this information and more in the show notes. Okay,
0: Bye. bye!